All right, all right, all right. It is Wednesday. Day. So you know what that means. It is track chat with the most known unknowns. I am Coach Kyle Stevenson. You know who I'm repping. ATL, Georgia State. Y'all my boy, the alchemist himself. Look like he feeding his face, man. I know how it goes. Y'all getting ready for that meet this weekend. Lamont Johnson, Marlo Stansfield. Why, why that name selection this week, Mont? Listen, man, I just finished watching The Wire again. Mm-hmm. I'm a complete fan. I'm the only one who saw it years after it came out. I never watched The Wire <laughs> until the, I, was a broke college, I was a broke college kid. I ain't had no money for no real cable, so I couldn't get no premium cable. I just watched it again. I just went back and rewatched most of those episodes, man. I slept. I'm on and my, my bad. I hope I can get my black card back. You good. You good. <laughs> you know what? I might have to go back just to brush up on it because it's been so long. But before we get started, man, I know we always give out roses uh, at the end, but this is more like a shout out. So I appreciate over the past two weeks and I've run into a few coaches at meets, man, that have been watching the show, you know, telling us that they love the show. It's informative. They like what we're doing to keep it going. And that's the plan. That's what we plan to do. Uh, this past week was Coach Weeks from Xavier University. That's my girl. Yo, so I told her, you know, I told her I'd let you know, man. So. She stopped me or whatever. She said, and I have a mask on too. She was like, hey, you aren't you on track chat? I'm like, yeah. So Coach Weeks, we appreciate the love. And if you can, holler at that AD because I want I asked for the, that shirt. So we all need a shirt. Send us a shirt. You know, let us know how much it costs. Ain't no problem. We could get that taken care of. But I had to do that first, you know. So if you see us out, you see us in the streets, if you see us at a meet, please continue to show love. Let us know how we can be better, what you want to hear about. All right, so we do love that. That's what we're here for. Now, another busy weekend in track and field. Busy, busy, busy weekend. But it seems like this weekend, man, we, we're going to spend some time with the half milers and just the distance events because I don't know what they're drinking. I don't know what they're eating. I don't know what they're sleeping with or whatever, but they are rolling right now men and women like they're handling business so if you haven't had a chance to check out the results from the clemson meet uh the texas tech meet the atl meet the razorback invite some great running happened so i want to start here Let, let's start with the with the collegiate record holders organs men's dmr okay not only did they break their previous record they broke it again <laughs> on, top of, on top of that, and what I want to add to that that's even more impressive, their B team is also in the top five. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'll only say this, and I'm going to be quiet. Even though I'm team North Carolina a and I think they have a formidable monster in the University of Oregon deciding, depending on what they decide to do with uh, uh, cross country or the indoor national championships. That's all I'm saying. All right, so y'all know I got Arkansas, LSU, you know, those are the teams I've thrown out. Last week was Oregon's first meet of the year. Yeah. My pick has changed. <laughs> My pick has changed. I'm sorry. My pick nah, has changed. I, I do understand. No, I respect. I do understand. I do understand. I, I, like, I really, don't peop- I really don't think people really understand what sub 920 looks like. Dude, just like hey, in the words of Haha Davis, they took them to the residence. Okay, <laughs> he, he stretched, they stretched them boys out. 
You know what I'm saying? And it was it was crazy to watch. It was when you look at the splits, do y'all realize how fast that opening 12 leg was? Thought that's ridiculous, man. And all the Mala had to do was bring it on home. And he crushed it. They went 147 in the middle, 47 point in the in, in the middle, you know, 249 in the beginning. Like that's that's moving, man. That's moving. You know, so big shout out to Oregon and what they did in that DMR that in and their second team is number five. And you know, it like it just goes to show the depth that they have and what Coach Johnson and his staff is up there doing. But Stamps did make a very good point. Everything's gonna be predicated on what is gonna be priority. Now you gotta remember Oregon's a distance school, cross country. True, but to but to your point last week, Lamont, you mentioned depth, and we all agreed on like having that depth. And the fact that they were able to put together two teams to run really well, Mm -hmm. they may. I mean, I don't know them all the way, their roster front to back, but at least looking just from those two, I'm pretty sure that they may have some depth that they may they may be able to pull off uh, something that we haven't seen before because this is a year that we haven't seen before. Right, and and to add a little bit of like texture to it, um, now that y'all talked about the depth, just think about it. So you know, you got four guys. Uh, you got four guys on the DMR, the 1,200, the 400-meter uh, leg, the 800-meter leg, and a mile. Chances are the miler and the 1,200 guy could run up and crush in cross-country. Not so much, obviously, the 400 and the 800 guy. But if if you take four guys off of two of those teams, so both 1,200 legs, both mile legs, you're one person away from maybe send, sending a skeleton crew to nationals of – four really strong out of a top five and you just need somebody else to send a mix for the long distance guys and you know if if Oregon is doing what they're doing in the mid distance right boy, it, it I, I I didn't look at the results tight enough to see what would happen in the 5k but chances are if they got that there man, man. and and it looks like Northern Arizona is going for the cross-country right. title. Yep. So that also helped Oregon with more bodies in the meat because Northern Arizona decides to run indoor. Now you taking bodies away from Oregon because their top their top 10 guys are better than some of Oregon's, you know, some of Oregon's guys. So they so you know they're gonna knock some Nate people out, but with them not being in the meat and BYU look like they're gonna be locked in on, on cross country as well. That opens that opens it up for Oregon to add more people in the meet, and like you said, they may send a skeleton squad because they have the depth. So stamp, so stamps, you're right on all fronts. They can send a, a formidable winning team to indoor nationals, but also send a competitive team who could probably come back with a trophy. Yeah, definitely top five performance. Right, I agree. Right. Now, now before we move on, Lamont, I'm gonna go ahead, man. I'm gonna let you toot your horn because. Iowa State, men's DMR, it's number two in the nation. Oh, oh, okay. You look like you didn't know that. Right. No, no, no. Uh, they, they're number two, but here's the deal. That's not their top team, which is scary. But all their money investment is in the distance. And that's why I try to tell a lot of people that a lot of people don't really, really understand. Iowa State got five national championship cross-country titles. 
you know what I'm saying? Not back in the 60s and all that stuff. No, in the 90s, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they're, they've always been known for distance. So when Bill Bergen retired, my coach stepped in and he kind of wanted to make it a little bit more versatile. You know, there's a reason why the last sub-40 relay team was 21 years ago and yours truly was on that team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, there hasn't really been any real major sprint crew there since the new head coach took over. He's putting all the money in it, and that's what the AD wanted as well. You know, and Bill Bergen, who's still alive, you know, he has a he's like some of the boosters, and y'all know about boosters because y'all y'all was at Tennessee and y'all understand how influential boosters can be, especially on the major programs. You know, he nah, really, we, don't, we don't know because we get our money in McDonald's bags, dog. Get off stop it. Okay, but um, but um but um, you know, that's the direction that the AD that uh AD Pollard wanted to go in, and you know, they gained their success and you know. Congratulations to them. You know, um, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing my guy, who is my guy Frank Rizzo, who was at Syracuse, who I met at the convention. He's the sprint coach there at Iowa State now, and he got some hurdlers there on the women's side. So I'm looking forward to see what he's gonna do with them. But overall, man, Iowa State, they're gonna, you know, they, 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 they're gonna do what they're gonna be more, they're gonna be more formidable outdoors. They're gonna do, watch. They're gonna probably come up with a trophy outdoors. That's my guess. That's a homer pick. I got a fan. I got a fanboy question for you, Mont. What's up? Is it, is it Corey Immels? Is still the director of track and field there? No, Corey. Corey's now. Corey's now at Boise State. Okay, well, who's Boise State? Um, uh, Martin Smith. Um, that was at that was at Oregon, and then Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. if ever they said your phone rings, Mont, we want you to come home. What do you do? Or has that call ever happened for you? Can we can we table that? Cause let's, let's yeah, table yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Table that's, conversation. Okay, that's why I said fanboy. That's why I said fanboy. We can. That's a conversation. That's a conversation. All right. So let's let's run through just some other high performances and then we're gonna spend time on these 800s. All right. Mm. So because I'm a I'm a fan. And I haven't coached it in a few years, but there was a young lady, uh, Yara Slotva. Yara Slotva, yes, jumped two oh six. So for those that don't know the metric system, it's six nine. She's nineteen years old. Yeah. All right. That's the third best jump all time indoor for a woman. Right. It's quite impressive. All right, so I just I want to throw that out there because that, that's the fan in me. I don't coach the high jump right now. I really, really miss it. So I'm going to go there. Now, before we spend time on this eight, I think uh, Candace Hill is back. Stamps, Lamont. Uh, been a fan. Uh, you know, here on the track chat, we keep things real. Uh, I'm glad she's actually with a coach that knows what they're doing. Wow. <sighs> what you gotta say to a Lamont? Oh my god. You 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 just couldn't you just couldn't help yourself. Okay. Based on what I went back and looked at the way she used to run, and I'm talking about when and I'm talking specifically her technical side. Like we've seen a lot of different technical forward progress with a lot of these um 
athletes that's making their return back to the sport. Um, the seven twenty two looked beautiful, technique wise. Now she pressed, which I know what is all of us who ran the short sprints know when we we trying to get that time in the finals, we misstep and we stumbled and all that other stuff. So, um, I'm glad that I'm glad that she's she's starting to come back. But let's wait a second. Let's just let's just wait and see what else happens as the season moves on indoor and outdoor. And now she starts running seven O's. We ain't got to wait to outdoor. We know what it's going to be. We know it's going to be, you know, so I think she could have ran seven one had she not stumbled. Um, I think Makai Briscoe is still a dog. That's, that's my dog. I love that. I love watching that girl run. If she ever watches this, I'm a fan. And, and you know, I don't say that too much about certain people. I'm a fan, but, um, once you know, once we see more stuff from 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 Candace, then let's go on. I want we need to give her if she doesn't do what we expected to do this year. Let's not jump on her. Let's give her another year in the system. You know what I'm saying? Let's be fair to her. You know what I mean? Because she's been through a lot with the weight gain that she publicly put out there for some of them training things that we saw on Flow Track. We all saw it. Okay, let's just, let's let's give her time. Let's give her time to get back on her feet. And then we go yeah, from there, yeah. No, without a doubt, I think I think we were just excited, just as excited about her as we were about Trayvon a week ago, you know, yeah. because we've all been in that role, we know how mentally tough our sport is, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the hardest questions to ever answer is is to when to stay in versus when to walk away, you know. So I think that was just a beautiful thing to see. So I'm gonna bring up this last sprinter and then we're getting right into it. So Shane Miller, we both. 2240 indoor. What's that number nine all time? Nine all time. Nine all time, man. Am I surprised? Oh, nah, am I surprised that she did that? Uh, no, honestly, let me be real. I gassed my own self up because I was calling 21 9 <laughs> when I was watching the race. I'm like, she's gonna go 21 9. I-, I was hoping for it because we haven't seen anyone go under 22 seconds indoor since Merlin Nadi set the world record. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen that race, it's on YouTube. It's one of the most craziest things you've ever seen in your life. That with the 1992 by Frankie Fredericks indoors. Um, she's ready. And she's in and, and she's 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 prime. Listen to me. I'm not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what the hell I was told. Dude, that L she took at the world championship and everything that followed after it, it's gonna be a barn burner. I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. So Lamont, oh, go ahead, Stamps. I know. Well, I was gonna say the only other time I seen twenty two forty on that track was when Bianca Knight did it, mm. and it looked just as crazy then and just as it did Damn. now with Sean and Miller Weibo. And we all know Bianca Knight ran off that track and into her professional career. That's a that's a fact. Bre- uh, uh, side note: breaking news: the NCAA Division three canceled all winter championships. Yeah, I just, I just saw that tweet maybe like five minutes ago. Mm. So mm. get ready for outdoor. I, I hate it for them, but right. I mean, we're, we're halfway through winter sports, though, to right. be honest. So, you know, right. I, I do my condolences, but it's going to be all good. We're going to take it outside. Absolutely. All right. Are you guys ready? I hope you guys are ready. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to start with the Clemson meet, okay? 
I'm gonna start with the Clemson meet on the women's side because this is the most known unknowns and I give and show respect where respect is due. There is a program in my state that I currently reside and coach in, Kennesaw State. They had a young lady run 205-64 this weekend at that Clemson meet. And so Kennesaw State, shout out to you guys, all right? The next person I do want to highlight is she's a Clemson athlete. So even though it was the men's track and field program that got saved, I want to keep Clemson relevant. I want to keep Clemson in folks' mouths and on their brains and in their face. They also had a young lady run fast this weekend, uh, Lori. She ran 205.16 all yeah. right, this weekend. Okay. But the young man that stole the show, he wasn't at Clemson. It's Bryce Hopper. 144, 30, what, 38, 37, 144, 37, I believe. Number two, all-time behind Donovan Brazier. So, not only does Brazier have some competition and somebody to face off with, it's still really early for the pros, man. And it's still an Olympic year. Despite the rumors. So are we gonna see a world record broken? What is what is the world record indoors in eight? Oh, it's a good question. Give me like it's 10 like, seconds. It's like 144-1, one, I think. World record. I think Donovan has the American record. Yeah, he has the American record. I think it's like 144-1 one or something like that. I'm I'm assuming. And I popped up. Nah, that's outdoor, man. 142.67. Ah, where? Where at? Wait, inside? Denmark. Ooh. Wait, Wilson Kipton Wilson Kipt 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 got the uh, uh, world record? Yep. Yeah. But indoor. You said 142? 142.67. That's on a 300 meter track? <laughs> what track did he set that on? Uh, let's see here in Paris, France. Let's see. Track isn't coming up, but I'm on uh track and field news. Oh, my Jesus Christ, bro. but yep, that's what we got. Dog 140. Oh my god, yo, that's that. That's okay. Now I'm gonna be on YouTube all night watching these war record runs because I'll be searching, I'll be searching the globe for some of these war record runs, man. All right, so back to Bryce, yeah, so back to Bryce. Okay. <clears throat> after seeing that, okay. After seeing him perform, after seeing him perform, okay. Number two all time. Uh, we know Brazier still, you know, hasn't raced yet. Um, he was supposed to run the six last week. Right, he was. So, who's your? Let me start here. I, I wanted to start with: Will that record be broken? Because now, because we we brought up we brought up in a uh, in a previous conversation, Lamont, about uh, Michael Johnson. You know, not necessarily racing people in their prime, like Butch Reynolds and all those guys. And, and so we now we're in a time, at least with these half milers, these guys are like they're in their prime, you know, or emerging into it. And they have some youth behind them and they're moving. So could we possibly see the right setup for their world record to be broken that was set in 1997? I don't know, man. Like, you got to remember, Wilson kept it there was the general Zod of the 800. Mm -hmm. He made everybody bow. And 
I don't know, man. If anyone can do it, Brazier can. I think if Brazier, Donovan Dixon, and and Bryce Hopper is in a race, I think somebody put that together. I think we can see a 143. Okay. The one, one, 142 indoors is equivalent to what 140.94 outdoors is. It takes a special type of animal to run that. Not saying it can't happen, but I think I think Donovan Brazier has to. I think he's maybe one more year in his away from his training peak to where he can possibly do it. Do I think he can do it now? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know. You're gonna need that extra stimuli from the crowd to help push you over that. You know, which also makes that 144 so damn impressive because he did it with no cheering it with no cheering in the building. You know, it, it was it's a glorified it's a glorified live stream practice if you really think about it because there's nobody in the building cheering them on. And so for them to for him to conjure up that 144 with that with with, with the missing stimuli, the external stimuli that we all need as athletes, makes it even more impressive than than, than we giving it credit. But war record, uh, it, it I, give, give it. I don't I don't know I don't know 142 142. That's some that's some that's some cyber. That's, that's that's tough, man. Because we, we're talking. I'm a, I'm gonna need a Rudisha. You know, I mean Rudisha's 140 outside. You know what I'm saying? So right, that, that's hard. Right. That's tough. What you think, Stamps? This 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 kid's still at Kansas, right? Yeah. Still trains still trains with the coach. Yep. Well, no. Did he go pro or is he still running no, he's for pro. Kansas? He's pro. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. I was just I, I remember him. Okay. He went pro. He went pro when he made the uh, he was still at Kansas. He made the team. He took the contract. He was out. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's cool to see because there was that that point in time where uh like we started to see breakthrough from a couple years ago with uh, was it Dwayne Solomon, SC mm-hmm. guys, and um, um, Nick Simmons. Uh, so now that that the next crop has come up, uh, that are medal contenders, man, it's just really cool to see. You know, now America can be a viable threat in damn near everything from the 800 to the 10K. Um, you know, so that is it's cool. Um, I, there's nothing I could add. Uh, that Mont didn't say that I didn't agree with. So we go to right. next time. The so the only thing the only thing that I would add is you know we always joke as coaches. Um, it's been so hard to find quarter milers these days. So maybe with you know this surge in the half mile, maybe some people will, for lack of better words, grow some balls uh, and move back into running that lap around or two laps around like we once knew. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's a thing of the past, in my opinion, right now, and I'm I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm I'm happy to really see some men and women like get it in because I know how painful it is. Right. Huh. But we we got to remember, like, let's not forget about those other guys that was in that race. Right. They ran. I mean, they ran. Like we we have to give Man, these everyone who decides to run at this American Track League. We have to give them a standing ovation because what those half miles did, okay, they to me honestly, tremendous. What, 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 what Trayvon did, he lit the wick, and those half milers blew it up because that was one hell of a performance. And that's excluding big man who's out there throwing 22 meter bombs like yep. it ain't nothing, <laughs> okay? That ain't nothing. We won't talk about him in a few. But 
we have to give everybody in that in, in that in that race credit. Um, you mentioned something in our group chat that um somebody ran one forty five, and they don't have a sponsor. Uh, Sawinski. Eric Sawinski. Eric Sawinski. Yep. Yep. Now, and that that puts him like top. Is it like top ten or something like that? Something crazy. Now, now, the rivalry in me don't want to give him no credit because he went to the University of Iowa, but I, the but the 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 fan in me. I stand up and I salute him because he could have easily walked away. He could have easily walked away. He, he's he, one of the ones. It's not time to hang him up yet. No, and he's one of those guys. Stop it! And he's one of those. Oh, he's, he, he's, he's one. He's one of those guys that you root for because some more yeah. more of us that can relate to his struggle. And when I say struggle, the fact that he doesn't have, he has to work. He has to find time to train. He has to put in all that time. He has to like he has to do so many things just to be able to do what he's doing. So salute to salute to Eric and, and what and what he did. And you know everyone else that was in the race. I think the last place was one one forty eight. That's still not a bad time. I mean, let's be real. I'm, I'm I got to give got to give them credit. You know. So shout out to the half milers, man. So with with that, man, can we can we spend can we give Paul Doyle another shout out so people can understand yes. like. If you if you look look at the fields he's putting together, you know, like we've we've all known, you know, how hard it is to make Team USA, but how deep we are in every single event and how competitive it can be. Mm -hmm. Can somebody please share us or share this show or share the meets or share the stream so track and field man can explode, like so it can really explode in the states. Because that's only one two-hour event that we're seeing. We can have 10 of those. Right. Right. Every single weekend. Shoot, throughout the week. Like, like the Lakers and the Clippers playing this night. Or, you know, Portland and Houston or whomever. Like, we could put it together. And I think that's more exciting for me to see that Paul is putting together some diverse fields. And not on, and, and we're not seeing just the one person just blow people out. You're still seeing some other people that could possibly medal or make a run for a medal. Yeah, you know. So it's not watered down fields, you know. And I love to see it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Shout out to Mr. Paul Doyle, um, and shout out to the University of Arkansas, who has dubbed themselves the track capital of the world. Which you know, I give, I, I, I got to give it to them. I mean, hell, they got the most combined championships so you can't argue that you know um for them to open their doors to this idea to help expose and put track in the, in, in a better position than it was a year ago two years ago shout out to coach bucknam who is a mentor of mine i love him to death he's he i've known him since i got to iowa state and beyond he's always been good to me you know we thank you everyone on this show and i think i speak for everybody everyone on this show Thank you. Even though the two volunteers are rivals, I know they thank you. I know they thank you too. You know, definitely big shout out to University of Arkansas and 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 um the and um Coach uh Lance uh Hart. There we go. Yeah, sorry about that. Him too, because I know he had something to do with that. Well, because I know they everything they do is shared. So everyone that's a everyone that's a part of that track and field program, men's and women, shout out to y'all for making that happen and y'all administrators, man. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's let's bring it back to college. Uh, back to this indoor national championship run. Uh, it's funny, it's funny that uh, her son is kind of, kind of, kind of picked Oregon. Uh, 
they got the top ranked guy in the 60 right now. Right. Well, and and I'm gonna stick with my my gun. Uh, I'm gonna stick with with my AT fam. fam. Uh, I'm just saying that there's a big orange duck in the room <laughs> that has me like, damn. That that's how I think. In 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 all honesty, that's how I was hoping to start our first meet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like that's. When we start talking to our teams and our athletes and mom, when your kids get back, that's hunger. That's determination. That's passion. Those You can't do that if you went home over the break for a long period of time. You know, you can't do that if you wasn't committed to that, that, that bloodlust of, man, this is the day circled on my calendar. I'm about to get in somebody. So... I I don't think I've seen an opening meet like that ever. Yes, we're in the COVID times, but damn. Whew. Yeah. So as of right now, he's number one in the 60. Then the showdown next week between him and the one who was slated to win the 60 last year will lock horns. But we'll talk about that later down the line. Um, yeah, Oregon has two guys in the 60. Two. You know, Coach Taylor gonna get he's gonna get them guys right. You know, he's gonna get them right. You know, shout and I feel out. like there was a third guy from Oregon around like 669. There, there, there is. <laughs> <laughs> there is. So they got, they got 665 and 667. Those are their yeah. three. Yeah, so there's three of them. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Coach T, you know, Coach T's gonna get them right. And you know, I, I remember me meeting Coach Taylor when I was out there working at Academy of Art and he was at the JUCO at Laney College, man. You know, beautiful soul, beautiful man, man. Everything he everything he's about is just all about positivity and stuff like that. So I'm definitely rooting for him. Um I am I am curious to see where they're gonna fill in those other spots, like the 400. Um, I know they got a I know they got a couple of jumpers. We know they're going to be heavy on the distance, but who is going to be that one position that's going to put it away for them? So you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm real curious to see what they do in the four, and if they can put the, if they can find a hurdler, if they can put, if they can get their hurdlers to um to to to, to drop some time. I'm really interested in seeing what what they're going to do. But yeah, as of right now, on paper, on paper. Oregon right now, Oregon right now is the team to 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 beat. Right. So if, COVID was a, if COVID was a thing when we were in school and I graduated, I would totally hit that transfer portal and find a spot that needed somebody right in that sweet spot of the event that I did that could help them out. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit would be cool. Yeah, I know me. I would only go to Oregon to get the Jordans. <laughs> you did. Hey, I'm going for the gear. I'm, hey, I'm going for the gear. <laughs> I'm going for the gear, yo. Like, I know we're not supposed to say that, but if it's one you know, time I had man, to whatever, I can say it because Tennessee was Nike up until the year before I got there, turned Nike the year after I lived. So I'm going wow. for the gear. Wow. I was so sick at that. All right. Oh, go ahead, Lamont. No, and, and, I, I've been informed that LSU has not unleashed their their wolves yet because they got hit with a cold, they got hit with COVID restrictions. So a lot of their a lot of their wolves haven't opened up yet, but they're opening up 
this week. I forgot where they're going, but I know that the what was once I think it's still is it still called the Tyson meet? I'm not sure it's called the Tyson meet anymore. But um, right. it, was, it was raising well coming up for the yeah, next week, the one next week. I'm not sure. I the one on Valentine's Day weekend. So based on so based on what I was told, Florida, Florida State, Alabama, Arkansas, USC, I think uh, like the who's who, Oregon's going back out there, the who's who of track and field is going to line up at this meet. 14 teams, and the, it's, the, it's the best of the best schools. That's going to be a meet that we definitely going to have a lot to talk about when, 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 uh, that following Wednesday come around, like we may have to do a recap show <laughs> that, that Sunday because that means gonna be too hot, man. It'll be too hot for us to wait till Wednesday to talk about. That means gonna be hot. So, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So there's a, there's actually another point I was gonna bring up, Lamont. So I mean, as fans, as fans, we we love to see the best of the best go head up, um, but in our sport it may not necessarily be the best thing to do because we're so relying upon our bodies to perform. But is there a way, do you guys think that there is a way in our sport that we could, we could pull this off? Like to, if, if moving the sport forward, you know, if that could move the sport forward, could we put together some back-to-back weeks of high powered meets? So you read the link I sent you about the cross country thing, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did, I didn't I didn't get to it. Um, I saw so I'll I'll recuse myself. Y'all go because I don't. No no no. I know what it is. No nah, no. Nah, I'm gonna so, let you. I want to host. I want to. So host. so so for all for all those who's watching and who's gonna share this, um, cross country came up with this. In my opinion, it's a brilliant idea. Um, there's a committee that's going to rate. And judge you on your performances, so you can't do the whole. Okay, we're gonna run the B team at this meet, and and we're gonna hold that good guys out for two weeks. Say no, 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 no. You got to line up in race and the head to head and how you perform matters. They brought excitement to cross country. Literally, yeah. now now that's a cross country meet. I can sit out there in fourteen degree weather and watch. I'm lying, but that's besides the point. Okay, um, <laughs> so. What Kyle is saying is that we need to do, and I think I touched on it a couple of weeks ago, we need to do something where we got to start making some of these meets, not all the meets, but there have to be some designated meets. Yeah, you say like a diamond, right. like diamond league. Set. Right. Where, now, where now we have to have a ranking system where, okay, you want if you really want to make this into some kind of big team thing or whatever the case may be, you got to, you, you know, you got to line up, man. Like, okay. You know, let's say you got rank the I can't pronounce his last name, Raymond from Florida versus the Oregon kid versus who's who um um somebody else ran six versus uh Cassan uh Cassan James. Imagine them three lining up and the meat that determines if you can get a a, a bi athlete who's on the bubble into the natural championship meet. What if it hangs on the front? What if it hangs on the sixty meter final in that particular in that particular meet? Now you now you bringing more excitement to the meet. Like yo, now you gotta go after it. Now there ain't no, there's no. Okay, well you know you could just run through the finals and take it easy. No, you bring not. There's something on the line, and I think we need to do that either on the conference level, 
oh, we got to do it, or we got to pick and choose two meets out of the year. Everyone is, everyone is, every conference has to put together two meets where it's a, it is a, a meet that would determine national implications. And that's something that I love that cross country is doing, man. And, you know, track and field need to adapt that. We need to adopt that. Yeah. I I love the idea because what it makes me think about is even though, you know, what I see a lot is, you know, teams that are in close proximity, just, and and I'll speak from my experience, you know, being in the Southern conference for the last eight, well, last few seasons, um, Wofford comes down to us. Western Carolina comes down to us. And and we see them pretty much twice, maybe three times before we get to the conference championships. But unless we come to Birmingham, we don't see Sanford. We don't see the Citadel. We don't see VMI. It would be cool if there had to be a designated meet to establish mm-hmm. conference. Like instead of that, like you can do the preseason rankings all you want. But mm-hmm. let's say this last weekend in January – you have a conference only meet the conference schools and you know, it's an invitational like any other, but yet you know really where you're at. And then the conference standings then now matter because I just watched uh, ETSU play uh, Wofford on Monday night on ESPN plus for the, the lead to, for an opportunity to have a lead in the conference play. And that's all I needed to hear. I was scrolling through the website. I was like, Oh, ETSU is playing Wofford tonight for to see who's in first place in the conference. All right, I'm gonna watch it, and you know we can totally do that based off of you know how people are looking at it, and that that could be something, um, you know that's creative, totally. So I ha- I had two things. The the first thing I actually I actually emailed my conference commissioner uh, maybe a week or two ago, and it was in regard so. The Sun Belt, we have like some of the most stringent um, COVID testing protocols. Like ours are technically higher than the NCAA's. So essentially, let's say if anyone from any Sun Belt school qualifies, right, they can't compete at the NCAA because the NCAA doesn't meet the Sun Belt testing protocols. So that kind of, yeah, that kind of sparked my email, okay? But my email was more along the lines of this, trying to trying to figure out a solution. I said, okay, you now have, you got the Spire Institute, you got Ocean Breeze, you got Virginia Beach, you have Birmingham. Uh, you, have, you have some nice indoor facilities all across the country to where you could either do some conference only because Birmingham is making a killing. I mean, anybody who's anybody, whether you're with the school or not with the school, if you want to host, you can host at Birmingham. So there was an op- there. I think there is an opportunity for any schools or regions or conferences to walk in and say exactly what you said, Stamps. And this is what I email. Hey, we want to have this meet for these specific schools at this time. You know, and of course, my email was based around trying to streamline COVID. But in the sense of it all, and after reading, you know, the, the link that Lamont showed me, like it immediately popped back up like, yo. We could take this a step further because if we've said before, you come in the office on Monday, did you win? Did you lose? That that's it. That's all an AD or sports supervisor wants to know. They don't care about PRs. They don't care about uh, season's best. Did you win? Did you lose? Right. And we have such a difficult time doing it. But 
it's just another way we could then continue, like we always say, add value, but then show like, yo, we matched up against a Wofford, you know, and we just we just jumped him. Or like me, uh, I hope Mark isn't watching this, Mark Davis. But look, man, I'm I'm gunning for y'all. So I'm at meets, and I'm actually I'm scoring where we score versus the other conference team that's at the meet. I don't score anybody else. I just only score us, and I score them to see where we match up. All right, so uh, every every week when we do our Real Talk Wednesday, I print out, I use this, uh, was it cloudscoring.com? There's this amazing site somebody came up with that basically extrapolates the conference um, uh, scores to basically give you a look as if the conference meet was today, here's your score. And yeah, we go – It does about a conference rankings, yeah. yeah. We go through that every single week. I started doing it about two years ago, uh, and we go through it every week so we know exactly where we're at. Hey, guys, you know, we didn't compete this weekend. Wofford did. And look, Wofford now jumped us from third, or well, they're in second now. Samford is in first, and we're in third. This weekend, we got to do work. You know, so, like, we, because it's not, like, a thing that is promoted, maybe, you know, as you're saying, with the conference commissioners, like, all that stuff is avail- available. If they keep a conference record – for basketball, baseball, and, and, and things with records, why not do that for track and field, especially when the stuff is readily available for it to be denoted? I mean, that and just like just like Mark just commented down here, like I know y'all had the quad meets. We had the quad meets, you know, the SEC quad meets. And even to the point where we started to do the SEC versus Big 12 challenges. or Like, that was so much fun, man. Like, and competitive man you, and, and you and you know what and you know what else i'm gonna add to that because you said it once we walk into these when we walk into the office on monday or whatever the case may be these ad's let's be honest most of the ad's don't know how our sport works that's just the nature of the beast but if we can start putting okay we won here's how it happened not only not only do you bring value to your sport, now, once things start to change and things start to become mandated, now you get extra budget increases because now you are a vital sport. And that will probably cut a lot of the cutting of programs for whatever reasons. Because now, now you actually have value to your to, to your athletic uh, um, department. So, you know... I think I think that's something that we really need to we need to put together. And I think that's something that we, you know, I know we got plans and you know, we thinking about stuff and this and the third, but we need to put that, we need to put that joint out there to 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 help better this sport. There has to be at least two meets where it has to be, it could be a quad meet, it could be a five-team meet, but there has to be some type of head-to-head thing where it's like, okay, here's the teams, here's who. Here's who they project that's going to be in who that's going to finish in the top 10 or the top 20 at the NCAA championships or whatever the case may be. Okay, y'all need to battle here. Y'all need to battle. I will tell you this that happened my junior year at Tennessee. We went to the team challenge that University of Texas put on. I, I, feel, like it was, I feel like it was uh, April. But it was, after, it, was, it was after the Texas relays. It was after the Texas relays. Was I after, remember that meet. Yeah. After Texas relays. Yeah. But 
it was so competitive. Lots of people pulled up lane. Like it was almost like you had too many heavy hitters in the same place at the same time. We were roaring and ready to go. But, uh, you know, so as, and maybe the training's gotten I mean, you know, all the other things are, are nuances that have, have happened. It, it, it happened in my time at Tennessee. And I think people backed off of it because of, of, of it was almost too competitive at that time is what I remember, I think, Vince telling me. And we were like, ah, if they do it again, we probably wouldn't go. You know, people are nicked up. You're going to the well. You're really trying to do certain things. And you got guys that in April, you know, if you've made it to indoor nationals, uh, so that's like, what, middle of March, you're taking a little bit of time off to kind of come back down before you build back up. You're not really crank like we were trying to be ready and cranking at the end of April at Penn Relay. But well, well, and what we see, but that's that mindset that we got to get rid of. It's, I, I hear you. I was just saying, it's, it's very, I, I, and I get that part. And I know Vince would never say anything without thoroughly thinking stuff through. So what I'm thinking is, if we're gonna if we're gonna redo this entire track and field landscape, then it's very simple. We just gotta we we have to stretch the season, like well, like well, like well, uh, well, like NCAA NCAA and the NCAA and the USATF has to get on the same page. That's the first thing because one thing first thing first we're gonna have to move the trials back to give the collegiate the opportunity to run a a very successful outdoor season. There has to be more than think about it. Most teams, as soon as we're done with indoors, we write indoor nationals. We got out, we got an outdoor meet that week, you know. So we have to do a better job of giving the athletes more time to recover, to train, and come back and be ready to hit, you know. So. We have we have to make sacrifice, but everybody has to be on the board. And the USATF need to understand, dude, we're your greatest minor league system. We're the best minor league system in the world. So, you know, get on the same page with us, move the trials back to the end of June or move it to the beginning of July. You know, the world champion, most world championships isn't until the beginning of August anyway. So move it back. Everybody, everybody, everybody get on the same page, and we and we're able to have a better. A, a, a better product to where we can start getting more sponsorships from the school. Now, now we don't have to get a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget. Like, listen, we can't do that no more. You got to bump that joint up to, to a half a mil, you know, or something like that. Lamont, but yeah, this here's how fast my brain works. What you saying? It. I have a very very bold idea. If if that were to ever happen, how many times? Because I just said this today with my assistant coaches. How many times have you uh, come back in the spring and you said, you know what? My squad was in better shape before we left for the break. Move indoor to the fall. Because how much time do you need to get ready for the indoor championships? If you have from September and you run it the first week of December, you have the indoor championships the first week of December. I, I would be okay with that if we if we were in school the first week of August, but we typically don't start till September. But, but again, that but would if everybody could start after Labor Day. If everybody could just start after Labor Day, so you could start. You could go twenty hours. And yeah, you could start sooner than that. Exactly. <laughs> with the new rule that they changed, you could. Yeah. Yeah. That that put a greater onus on what they do in the summer on their own. But I okay. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 no, it's but stamps is no is no different than if if we're taking a break in December 
unless we are a West Coast school that may be on quarters, you know, or something different. We legit have a week and then we start. But we also got to take into consideration cross country as well. But cross country is going on right now. That's why you see how fast my brain is works. So he basically saying now that they figured out a way, well, because of COVID with, with cross country happening in the right now, it there it, it could happen to where you, you know, if you move the indoor I, season to the fall, you'd be able to do both because they're I doing see. both right now. But but I then see. but but then but then that will also move this stagnated needle of giving cross country's own scholarships because you're gonna have to bring your own you have to bring your own set of scholarships for them, like the NAIA got. They we 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 gonna have. I mean, to yeah. I mean, there would there would be a lot of moving parts. Like I said, I just really thought of it on the fly. You know, mm-hmm. I think because because when you when you look at indoor now, you know, let's say let's say most of us get started the second week of January. Let's say on average, most of us, meaning like you don't have the money in your budget to necessarily bring your athletes back for a week or even two weeks prior. You're only getting roughly a six week season and then you're trying to run the indoor national championship versus a 10 to 12 week training block and then you could possibly go run a national championship meet and i know for certain y'all have looked at your athletes and said you know what when i before i let them go home for thanksgiving or for the december break we were ready to roll i mean we have we have we have um Ooh. Yeah. So just a, just a thought. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I said, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces in that stuff, and there's a lot of things that the NCA is gonna have to budge on. It's gonna have to be a lot of mindset changing. It's gonna, it, it, it's so many different things that's gonna have to happen in order for this to work. Even if the idea gets thrown out there and someone's trying to iron it out, well. Um, if if we're having ideas, I I had uh, spitballed to Kyle. I was like, with the NCAA uh, event squad rankings, there should legitimately be a meet where, like, who is the deepest team in America? Like, there you go. The deepest team in America track meet. And, you know, you take the four. Who, who the, the person that wins or the team that wins an event is who has the best average. So you bring your you bring your best four, all the events that you do, and you line them up and you go. And if you got seven people on the team that all run seven flat and the next team is 7-10, then the team that ran seven flat won that event or won this thing or won that thing. So then you could literally find out without using form charts and lists who on that day was the best team. Uh, yeah, I think that, that I think that essentially piggybacks off of our conversation last week of creating some form of like an NIT, you know, for for track and field, you know. Now, Lamont, I know you got something prepared for. Don't debate me on this, but I really, I really want you, not necessarily to debate it, but I want to bring this up. I really do, and it's good. No, no, you know, I, if 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 it was the topic that you put in the group text that yeah can, that, okay yeah. okay Go ahead. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll 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 shift things around and we can make this the yeah that's what i'm saying i want to make this the like the don't debate me because i really want to hear you guys' take on it. okay all right so everyone, hey, hold on and we want everybody in the comments yeah, yeah. 
I want I want everybody that's on with us right now. I want y'all to think about this. So I fell into a rabbit hole uh, one night. Michael Johnson was my favorite sprinter growing up. Still is. Uh, I mean, I did I did modified versions of Clyde Hart workouts all through high school. So I still have all the notebooks of all four years of every single workout that I did. But anyway, was I started out? I watched, you know, I watched the world record four hundred. Thanks, Lamont. So I, I rewatched that race. Uh, I didn't know it was in Seville. So I watched it and then I just fell into a rabbit hole. So I want to run some numbers by you guys. Okay. And essentially my don't debate me is it's the Michael Johnson versus Usain Bolt. Like who is the greatest sprinter all time? So I'm going to, I'm going to throw the numbers out there. Okay. On the all time 400 meter list, Michael Johnson owns 23 spots. On the all-time 100-meter list, Usain Bolt owns 23 spots. In the top 25 100-meter list, Usain Bolt holds nine spots. In the top 25 400-meter list, Michael Johnson holds nine spots. In the top 25 200-meter list, MJ has nine. In the top, well, not even in the top, in the all-time 200-meter list, Usain Bolt holds 23 spots, all-time top 100, okay? From the years of 2013 to 2017, 100 and 200 meters combined, Usain Bolt won 45 straight consecutive races in both of those events combined. From 1989 to 1997, in the 400 meters, Michael Johnson had 58 consecutive wins in the 400 meter dash. All right. Total medal count Michael Johnson has 12 golds, there's world championships and Olympic golds. Usain Bolt has 22 medals. 19 of which are gold. Oh. This might be one of the most difficult, who's the best of better or best that we may ever see, in my opinion. Because after seeing the numbers, it's definitely gonna be one of those, it's just whoever you like. And I love them both. <laughs> oh <laughs> all right. Um, yes, that's exactly how I felt. Um, okay, now I'm trying to look for external, external things. <laughs> Michael Johnson made the '96 Olympics a national phenomenon because it was here in the United States, it was in Atlanta, gold shoes, something that they still show to this very, very day. And by the way, let's be honest, and a lot of people know this, Usain Bolt copied the gold shoes when he got the gold Pumas. He did the same thing in, in, in order to pay homage to Michael Johnson.
Yo, like, wow. Yo, you got me stumped on this one. Oh, All right, I got I got my pick. Yo, hold on. It, 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 you're right. It's going to be a matter of who you like. Yep. Okay. It's going to be a matter of who. Both of them had their own signature shoes that hit the market. Both of them was worldwide known. Both of them was dominant. Both of them struck fit. Michael Johnson, there's, there's one stat that you didn't put out. As, between Michael Johnson... Between Michael Johnson and Usain Bolt, they have successfully retired in a, a combined 244 athletes. They have retired those guys because they knew they couldn't win. Pink slipped them. <laughs> he, he, they, they pink slipped them. Okay. But oh man, dude. Oh, so there's there is there is there is one stat that I did leave out because I, I think it just kept it fair. Oh, Lord, can I can I give my okay. it, might, it might be exposed? Okay. Now, just a, just a little small follow because this is off of straight memory. Michael Johnson only won gold in Barcelona in 92 in the 400, right? No, he didn't run the 400. He ran the 4x4 four four in the 200. He got the food poison in 92. Okay, so but he won the gold in the 200 there then. No, no, he got food poison. He didn't make it out the rounds. He got sick in the he, he got so, food Okay, all right, so I think that answers it then. But Bolt didn't Usain make it out Bolt, the round. Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. Trump's Michael Johnson because Usain Bolt was the gold medalist in 08, one and two, 12, one and two, 16, one and two. The greatest Olympian is Usain Bolt. And I think that's the one liner that is the deciding factor on as tough as it is, that's, oh, that's oh, where I'm aligning with. Hold on, hold on. Usain Bolt's first Olympic Games was 2004. I understand that, but he, he didn't get no medals. He walked out empty-handed. Michael Johnson, he walked out of there with a gold medal. It was, even though it was the four by four, he walked out of there with something. So, all right, and I didn't say who's the greatest Olympian. Who's just the greatest sprinter? So, right. here, I know, but I'm just, I'm. Oh, yeah. So, so here's the one, the one stat I left out. Because I wanted to make it fair. If you take out 400 meter performances, um, and I'll say from 2001 all the way up to now, that list for Michael Johnson on that on that all time top 100 moves from 23 to 48. So he would then own almost half of the top. 400 meter times all time. If you were, if you removed it, if you remove performances 2001 up to 2021. So I left that stat out because I mean, guys right. still run, you know. But it, it it it's it's gonna it's literally gonna come down to who you like. And you know, some would say, oh well, it's not a fair comparison because they ran. They were two totally different, but they were dominant. They were the dominant athletes of their time. See, the funny thing is, a lot of people want to say, well, what about Carl Lewis? Well, Carl Lewis was dominant in the long term. Carl Lewis went 12 years without losing a long term final. But Carl Lewis was easily defeated in the one and the two. Now, Carl Lewis do holds the record for at least running under 10 seconds at least once for like 13 years straight. He ran, he broke 10 seconds, which is unheard of. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's a little stat for y'all or, or y'all who don't know that. Um, 
Oh, but Justin, Justin got that beat though. By the way. Yeah, but Sorry. you got but you got to think about the gap that Gatlin was out for. I'm talking about straight without any interruptions, straight through. Um, but um, yeah, it, yeah, Kyle, that that that's a good that's a good. I, I can't like I, I can't debate you on that one. This is a good topic, and it's just gonna come down to no matter who you like. Um, I'm I, I we lived through both eras, but I came up in the Michael Johnson era as an athlete. Um, so my biases is gonna be with Michael Johnson. Because that was my him along with Gwen Torrance was my two heroes in track and field. You know what I'm saying? But yo, Bolt changed the game. Bolt, Bolt, Bolt helped the Bolt helped the workforce increase greatly because he literally retired everyone who thought they had a shot. And you know, people went to go get regular jobs and you know stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't so know. Yeah, we got a fan question like, and it's does Bolt breaking MJ's 200 meter record give him an advantage? And I'm going to say no, simply because of this. When you look at, I'm sorry, I mean, a sprint is a sprint. I'll give it that, but a 2 4 combo, man, that's, that's, that's tough. And to the fan, and to, to the fan in the comment section, I want you to also remember this: when Michael Johnson set the two hundred meter world record, that was his eighth race. That was his eighth race. Yep. Remember, they don't run four rounds anymore. That was his eighth race. So, if you ask me, his two hundred meter world record was more impressive, given the circumstances and what and what he had to go through and what he had to do in order for him. To break that record, that was so, more impressive. So remember, I said I left off two stats. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm a numbers guy. So I also checked the percentage at which the world record had been improved. Okay, so for the 200 record alone, well, no, 400 record for Michael Johnson. When he broke it, you're looking at about no 200. My bad, 200 for both of them. So when Michael Johnson broke the world record in the 200, it was a 1.78 percentage increase improvement. Right. When Bolt broke it, it's only like 1.4. Mm. So yes, it's faster. The rate and percentage at which it did it improved, if we saying pound for pound, MJ wins. Right. And. The, the, the cool thing about when MJ broke the world record in the 200, he was he knew he was better, but he knew Frankie Fredericks and Otto Bolden was going to be right there with him. When Bo Think about this for a second. How many times have we seen Bolt neck and neck with anybody in the 200 after 2007? Even in 2007, you go back and you watch the race carefully, the one, the one that Tyson won, both came off the curve before Tyson did, which is unheard of. But Tyson was just on a whole nother level. That was young Bolt. He was on. He was in a different stratosphere. If you watch what Michael Johnson did, gotta remember. At that time, Frankie French ran nineteen sixty six or nineteen sixty eight. Otto Bonner ran nineteen seven. Somebody else behind him ran nineteen. Like it, it. It was because Michael Johnson didn't have that crazy 100 meter explode like that 60 to 100 meter explosion 
it made the race so much competitive through the first through through the first part of the race. And everybody loved that part when it goes from the curve to the straightaway. Everybody come off that curve again. Now we're gonna see who's been doing speed endurance. Yeah, that that what that's what made the race. That's what made his run so much better because he literally pulled away from a guy who ran nine eight, another guy who ran nine, and pulled away from. Him. Remember, Michael Johnson's PB at the time was only ten oh three. 1001, 1001 or 1003, something like that. So it made it, 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 it made it for fantastic, you know, theatrical, you know, you know, a spectacle out there. It, it, it made it to be something beautiful. And with both, I mean, it was it literally every time he stepped on the track it was him versus the clock. His enemies wasn't anybody in them other lanes. He wasn't, he even said it too. I wasn't worried about Blake. Yeah, Blake beat me at the trials. Okay, so what? Guess what? When we when with the two hundred is my baby. When we get out, when we get to the games, watch what's gonna happen. Blake back, Blake back there. Uh, like my boy T Roy would say, my boy Blake back there pulling the shutters down <laughs> and turned off the lights. So I mean, I agree, but man, Michael Jones was racing the clock too, man. Like it, he was racing the clock, and there was more suspense in his two hundred meter during his two hundred meter time. Because remember, Frankie Frenchy put an L on him. Frankie Frank just he put a beat on him before before the games. He put the beats on him, so it, it it made it more suspenseful. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I forgot. Um. Uh, Oba Oba Daddy Thompson got fourth in the race as well, and he was one of the favorites to get a medal as well. And he was coming back to UTEP the following year, so it was it was one of it was one of the better it was one of the better competitions I've seen, and. Mm. It was dope, man. It was and dope. He still and he still ran 43 seconds with it. Age like 33. 30, yeah. Oh, yeah, 30. Yeah. Stamps, wake up, man. No. Boy, you sleep. I'm not asleep, y'all. I'm not asleep. Oh. So, so unprofessional, bro. So unprofessional. Bro, I was asleep. So All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up for stamps, man. It looked like he had a long day. But I, I had to. Uh, but let me not forget Mark Sylvester, man. So he says Alberto Salazar. No, Alberto nah, nah. want to real want, want to yeah. want oh. to real. Yeah. So valid, but he didn't double. He won the four and the eight Olympic medal, but I don't think he doubled. Did no, he, he doubled in the same Olympics. He doubled in seventy two in the same Olympics. He doubled in seventy two. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Okay, seventy two and seventy six. I thought so. No, because it was seventy six. All right, 76, 76, 76. 70. No. 74 and then 76, 76 78. It was the Olympics in 74. It was 72, 76, 80. Munich was 72, and then Montreal was 76. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He doubled, he doubled in Montreal. And both were world records. That's a that, that's a good one, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, we go. He's huge. He's like he's like Usain Bolt size. I met him at the NACAC a couple years ago. There we go. That's what's yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, I, my bad, Lamont. I had to take that down to baby, man. I had to put that one out there to the world. You find that? No, that, that was a good one. And that's going to have people thinking because you put numbers behind your thought. And so now people are going to really have to take this back and say, no, that was interesting. You know, so anything that's going to lead people to uh, be more engaged, I'm with it. So it's all good. I got a, I got another down to baby, but this is for these guys between themselves. Who's the better 800 runner? Jose Parilla or Mark Sylvester? <laughs> I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna, damn. I'm going to go Jose Parilla. 
At Perilla, man. Now, now, look, Mark, you my teammate, bro. You was the next one, my friend. You was it. I, I, I don't, I don't know you, Mark. You know, I, I, I know of you. Um, but Mark, as a freshman, he ran one forty six point second at the NCAA meet. Um, had another good year his sophomore year, and you know, just didn't, didn't execute the things he needed to execute to remain at Tennessee has some struggles in life, but he did come back and finish and get his degree. And he's an amazing man to this day. So he's just one of those guys that, you know, was 1000% elite, uh, at his high school state championships to tell me how much a gangster he was, had a collapsed lung, yep. still went out and ran at his high school state championships around like 148.9 or 149.1, something like that. With one lung. Wow, that's crazy. So that's yeah, that's the yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go with Jose Perea because when Jose put on the James Worthy goggles, the goggles, it was it was Rap City for you, bro. He went he turned <laughs> to the big game, James. His son and shout out to his son. His son is on the team here at ETSU, Miguel. That's yeah, Miguel. Miguel. And, and Jose Perea is, and I've said this on a on another call. Jose Perea is one of the main reasons why I love track and field. He's the one who got me to stay in the track and field. He didn't even know that, but I told him. He was on the Zoom call, and I told him to his face. If it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be in track and field because I watched you win. I watched you win the NCAA championships. It was something about that energy. He's the reason why I wanted to go to the University of Tennessee, real talk. And you know, you, you know, Stamps, you and I, me, you and Jabri, we talked about the whole Tennessee thing. He was the reason why I wanted to go to the University of Tennessee. Wow. Uh, that's what's up, man. I well, I gotta give it to Jose only because that man, if you haven't had a sports massage from him, yo, he's one of the best in the business and he's never let his thumb slip. So I, I gotta give it to Tony. Oh, <laughs> what the hell? Like, nah, like <laughs> I'm so glad for real. Yo, if you ever on that table, man. <laughs> Yo, yo, get your beds, man. No, I'm serious, man. Look, I'm telling you, he ain't never let that thumb slip. So thank you. So I gotta give it to Tony, man. But Mark, that's my guy. He called me right before the show. So Tony had to show up. All right, let's give out these roses, man. Cause Stamps, he was knocked out in the chair. He don't want to admit to it. Right, he was. We got you on film, brother. I gave I gave out mine, but just to remind him. Oh, um, let me go. Yeah. So I gave a mind at the beginning of the show, but really I'm giving mine to the people. So for those that show love when they see me, see us, I give my roses to you, uh, coaches, parents, fans. Thank you so much. All right. All right. My roses go to my home girl, Thee Althea at University of Georgia. Man, I'm so proud of sis. Um, you know, arguably, you know, had one of the toughest jobs in signing one of the top kids in the country and and, and bowling is having a great year. Why I want to give her my roses is because of what hap what's happening in all their other events. You're seeing people thrive, rise and achieve uh, in areas that you just haven't seen Georgia do that in. And also big shouts to uh, Petros, man, because, you know, for a long time, you know, Guy had a stranglehold on like everybody, you know, micro, you know, well, managing everybody's folks. And now he's allowing folks to do what they do, what he's hired them to do. And, you know, great things are happening. You know, she's got Elijah, 
Uh, I forget the young lady that's a hurdler. Uh, Tennessee Vault is there, uh, wrecking shop in the pole vault. Russ Johnson. Um, but I wanted to give my roses to Thee Althea, University right. of Georgia Sprint coach, men and women. All right. So today, I'm glad I went last because this one's going to be, you know, a little emotional. It's going to be quick, but it's going to be a little emotional. Um, I gave this man his roses when we first started, but I got to give it to him again. And unfortunately, we I have to give him these roses um, due to the circumstances. Um, I'm giving my roses to Coach Harvey Glantz. Uh, his mother recently passed away. Um, I was at the University of Alabama when his dad passed. And, you know, I knew how hard he took that. Um, I know he made a lot of decisions to do certain things based on his mother. Um, I remember him sharing a story with us that his mother literally watched all her siblings pass away. Mm. And she was the only living sibling. And, you know, back, you know, women back then, you know what I'm saying? You know, parents back then, you know, especially in the South, they had a lot of kids. So she literally watched all of her siblings pass. And, you know, anybody knows knows how dear Coach Glance has been to me and to everybody from other schools, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody loved Coach Glance. And, you know, right now we all got to show him the love that, you know, that he, that he shows us. So, um, you know, my condolences to his family and to him and my roses go to him and his his mother who has passed and we're 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 putting some things together to get some stuff sent to to them for the arrangements and stuff like that. So if you ever had a conversation with Coach Glance, or Coach Glance ever talked to you on a more on a consistent basis, man, like here's a time where we can do something and reach out and give it to him and show our love to a man who is loved and revered by everybody. Nobody's ever had a bad word to say about that man. So um Coach G. I love you, man. You know, big pops, I love you. And uh, you know, you'll be hearing from us soon. So my yeah, roses go to you and your family. Yeah, we send our condolences to Coach Glance and the family. Seriously. So hate to hear that, you know. Um, and it's never it's, it's it's joy to come out of death, man, but it's never easy to deal with it, you know. And nobody wants to lose a mother or a father. So and no father wants to bury a son, a child, or a brother. But this has been another week. You know, we foul, right? You know we're foul. What we do? We just com- we just completely forgot about uh Ryan Krauser what he did again. But well, we, no, we, 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 know, we know he bombing them. We, we just we got, we gotta, we gotta show the other people some love too. I, yeah, we gotta show love to them. We gotta we show know, we bombing them. Nah, you we, know, we gotta hit them jumps. There's been some big jumps happening. Yeah, there have been in the NCAA. We didn't even get to those, but you know, yeah. yeah. All right. This week, this week coming to South Carolina, invite people. Y'all gonna get our takes on the, the showdown in Columbia. All right. We love y'all out there. I am Coach Kyle. We got the alchemist himself, Lamont Johnson. This has been another week. Track chat with the most known unknown stamps, man. Go get you some sleep. I'll see y'all yeah, next I week. Rest of my eyes. That's that's sleep. <laughs> we right. out.